the Bible, the most unique book in all of human history. It claims to be divine in origin, and it delivers a message that, if true, affects every human being on the planet Earth, in this life, and in whatever awaits us when this life is over. The Bible is unique in its survival. Over the past 2,000 years, no other book has been subjected to the intense scrutiny that the Bible has endured. Generations of linguists, historians, and archaeologists have explored the details of the Bible's production and tested the accuracy of its transmission to us today. Critics and foes have come and gone. Problems have been raised and solved. And still, the Bible stands, totally alone in the degree of its historical accuracy and reliability. The Bible is also unique in foretelling future events. The Old Testament alone contains over 2,000 specific predictions about people, cities, nations, and empires. Predictions made hundreds of years before being perfectly fulfilled in history. The Bible is unique in its influence. It's been called the fountainhead of Western civilization and is by far the most quoted text in America's founding documents. Millions of men, women, and children from every station and walk of life have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar. And here we are, thanking you as always for being our partner on this little journey through the scriptures each and every weeknight. Now, I know that some of you are just tooling about the city around South Texas, and you just happened to cross this program. You're wondering, what is this Bible Live? I hope you've gotten it already from our introduction. It is the Bible itself, a good, clear, flawless, interpretive reading of the scriptures. You're going to be amazed at how well you understand. Even passages that may have been a little obscure or a little bit confusing to you, they will make sense. And it's not because of Soapy Dollar's magical voice, although I give it my very best effort to read in a clear way that makes it come out. But frankly, these passages, these sermons, these writings were originally given, written down to be read aloud. And so when we hear the scriptures read aloud like this, you're hearing them as they were actually intended as thought at the time they were written, this was the way they would be delivered, the way that people would experience the Bible. This very night, we will finish the Old Testament. We will read the last chapter from Malachi, and then we will go right on to the last book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation. Right now, though, before we get started, I want my son Scott to talk to you a little bit about the Bible Live and how you can partner with us in giving the gift of the Bible to our city. The Bible Live is an exciting new vision to broadcast the Bible itself to America and the world. First of all, I want to say this is the best show in the world. This program that you put on is just a remarkable program. I don't know if there's any program like it in the U.S. But did you know that you can help put the Bible on the airwaves across America and at the same time receive your own copy of the Bible Live, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation on CD? Convenience is the key for me. The Bible Life has really changed my morning commute. 
My parents gave me the Bible Live CD collection as a gift before I went away to college. I've grown up reading the Bible, but listening to it and having it available to listen as I study or to listen as I clean my dorm room has been amazing. Hearing the Bible out loud without the effort or distraction of reading helps me focus on what it actually says. Soapy's voice and reading style really bring out the meaning of the text. I like listening to the CDs while I exercise. For every tax-deductible donation of $100 or more to The Bible Live, our thank you gift to you will be our Bible Live CD set, 62 CDs with a convenient carrying case. Visit our website, www.thebiblelive.com, and donate online today. Together we can bring the Bible live to millions who otherwise may never hear its message. Well, we're going to go now to our Wisdom and Worship segment, the second half of the beautiful Psalm 139 here on The Bible Life. Psalm 139, 17-24 How precious are your thoughts about me, O God! They are innumerable! I can't even count them, they outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. O oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies take your name in vain. O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who resist you? Yes, I hate them with complete hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. End of reading, Psalm 139, 17 through 24. Whatever it takes, that's what I'll do. I'd give anything to get back to you. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Each of us have a life. It's all we have. We must do what we can with it. To make no decision is to make a decision. You must decide if you would live for God, acknowledge God, honor God, love God, seek God, or if you will not. We're in a passage now in the Old Testament talking about God's judgment, and we've been discussing it a great deal. God will judge. He who knows our hearts perfectly, as we read in the first part of the 139th Psalm, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. That's the first verse. goes on to talk about how intimately God knows us and loves us and cares about us. Even tonight it opened with how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. You are in his mind. He thinks of you. He loves you. He cannot even count the number of times that you think about me. And when I wake, you are still with me. But then he goes into a portion tonight asking for God to judge the wicked, saying, Lord, destroy the wicked. He calls for that judgment. There are several portions when the psalmist gets so caught up in thinking of the love and the kindness and the holiness and the righteousness of God that he begins to see God's perspective of wickedness and evil, even in himself. And he calls for God's judgment on sin. And we must long for that. If we love God as human beings, we must long for the time when sin and wickedness will be destroyed and when there will be time of joy and peace and righteousness. And that is what God promises us in these prophets as well. By the way, he ends up with that psalm, Search me, O God, and know my heart. There's not some arrogance or sinful pride there. 
but a call for God to judge in his righteousness against wickedness. Now we move to the book of Zechariah, and you're going to get a picture of how fervently, how clearly God desires to judge evil. In Zechariah chapter 14, we're going to have a picture of the final battle, the final struggle, and how God will destroy wickedness. And in the beauty and the power and the harmony and the peace, the love present as God's people gather together. He is our God. We are his people. And in heaven, there will be no more struggle against the world. There will be no world system to struggle against. There will be no self, no pride, no arrogance, no flesh, uh, because it will have been taken out of our lives, and we will be there in the new nature, the new persons that God has created us to be and brought us to be by his power. The devil will be put away as well. So Zechariah paints a picture of that just before Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament, talks about their sin. He begins with the priests, with the spiritual leaders. They become stumbling blocks instead of spiritual leaders and a good influence for godliness. And so Malachi speaks to them. About 430 B.C., he's the last prophet for 400 years. Now to the Bible life. Zechariah 14.1 through Malachi 4.6. Zechariah 14. Watch, for the day of the Lord is coming when your possessions will be plundered right in front of you. On that day, I will gather all the nations to fight against Jerusalem. The city will be taken, the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half the population will be taken away into captivity, and half will be left among the ruins of the city. Then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations, as he has fought in times past. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will split apart making a wide valley running from east to west. For half the mountain will move toward the north and half toward the south. You will flee through this valley, for it will reach across to Azal. Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all his holy ones with him. On that day the sources of light will no longer shine, yet there will be continuous day. Only the Lord knows how this could happen. There will be no normal day and night, for at evening time it will still be light. On that day, life-giving waters will flow out from Jerusalem, half toward the Dead Sea and half toward the Mediterranean, flowing continuously both in summer and in winter. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day there will be one Lord. His name alone will be worshipped. All the land from Geba north of Judah to Ramon south of Jerusalem will become one vast plain. But Jerusalem will be raised up in its original place, and will be inhabited all the way from the Benjamin Gate over to the site of the Old Gate, then to the Corner Gate, and from the Tower of Hananel to the King's Winepresses. And Jerusalem will be filled, safe at last, never again to be cursed and destroyed. And the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their people will become like walking corpses, their flesh rotting away. Their eyes will shrivel in their sockets, and their tongues will decay in their mouths. On that day they will be terrified, stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will fight against each other in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Judah, too, will be fighting at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the neighboring nations will be captured. Great quantities of gold and silver and fine clothing. This same plague will strike the horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and all the other animals in the enemy camps. In the end, the enemies of Jerusalem who survived the plague will go up to Jerusalem each year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the festival of shelters. 
And any nation anywhere in the world that refuses to come to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, will have no rain. And if the people of Egypt refuse to attend the festival, the Lord will punish them with the same plague that he sends on the other nations who refuse to go. Egypt and the other nations will all be punished if they don't go to celebrate the festival. On that day, even the harness bells of the horses will be inscribed with these words, Set apart as holy to the Lord. And the cooking pots in the temple of the Lord will be as sacred as the basins used beside the altar. In fact, every cooking pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be set apart as holy to the Lord Almighty. All who come to worship will be free to use any of these pots to boil their sacrifices. And on that day there will no longer be traitors in the temple of the Lord Almighty. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. The Book of Malachi. Malachi 1. This is the message that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. I have loved you deeply, says the Lord. But you retort, really? How have you loved us? And the Lord replies, I showed my love for you by loving your ancestor Jacob. Yet Esau was Jacob's brother, and I rejected Esau and devastated his hill country. I turned Esau's inheritance into a desert for jackals. And Esau's descendants in Edom may say, We have been shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may try to rebuild, but I will demolish them again. Their country will be known as the land of wickedness, and their people will be called the people with whom the Lord is forever angry. When you see the destruction for yourselves, you will say, Truly the Lord's great power reaches far beyond our borders. The Lord Almighty says to the priests, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. I am your father and master, but where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have despised my name. But you ask, how have we ever despised your name? You have despised my name by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord Almighty. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all, asked the Lord Almighty. I wish that someone among you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not at all pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept your offerings. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord, and you turn up your noses at his commands, says the Lord Almighty. Think of it, animals that are stolen and mutilated, crippled and sick, presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, asked the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is feared among the nations. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Malachi 2. Listen, you priests, this command is for you. Listen to me and take it to heart. Honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. 
I will curse even the blessings you receive. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you have not taken my warning seriously. I will rebuke your descendants and splatter your faces with the dung of your festival sacrifices, and I will add you to the dung heap. Then, at last, you will know it was I who sent you this warning, so that my covenant with the Levites may continue, says the Lord Almighty. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace, and this is what I gave them. This called for reverence from them, and they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people all the truth they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many from lives of sin. The priest's lips should guard knowledge, and people should go to them for instruction. For the priests are the messengers of the Lord Almighty. But not you. You have left God's paths. Your guidance has caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord Almighty. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown partiality in your interpretation of the law. Are we not all children of the same Father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why are we faithless to each other, violating the covenant of our ancestors? In Judah, in Israel, and in Jerusalem there is treachery. For the men of Judah have defiled the Lord's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who worship idols. May the Lord cut off from the nation of Israel every last man who has done this and yet brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Here is another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings, and he doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, Why has the Lord abandoned us? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made to each other on your wedding day when you were young. But you have been disloyal to her, though she remained your faithful companion, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard yourself, remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. It is as cruel as putting on a victim's blood-stained coat, says the Lord Almighty. So guard yourself, always remain loyal to your wife. You have wearied the Lord with your words. Wearied him, you ask? How have we wearied him? You have wearied him by suggesting that the Lord favors evildoers, since he does not punish them. You have wearied him by asking, Where is the God of justice? You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Malachi 3 Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord Almighty. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that whitens clothes. He will sit and judge like a refiner of silver, watching closely as the dross is burned away. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold or silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in former times. At that time I will put you on trial. I will be a ready witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. 
I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already completely destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors you have scorned my laws and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But, you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But, you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they are ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord Almighty. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? How have we spoken against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands, or by trying to show the Lord Almighty that we are sorry for our sins? From now on we will say, Blessed are the arrogant, for those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them go free of harm. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and loved to think about him. They will be my people, says the Lord Almighty. On the day when I act, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient and dutiful child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Malachi 4. The Lord Almighty says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. The arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw on that day. They will be consumed like a tree, roots and all. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord Almighty. Remember to obey the instructions of my servant Moses all the laws and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of parents to their children, and the hearts of children to their parents. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. End of reading, Zechariah 14.1 through Malachi 4.6 This is my daily bread This is my daily bread Your very word Spoken to me You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And I Zachariah is preaching or speaking here to people that were enduring hardships. They were being harassed by their neighbors. 
They were discouraged over their small numbers and seemingly inadequate temple, and their worship was apathetic. But God says, My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong. He promises to restore their land, the city, and the temple. Now, go beyond just talking about a people group. God is talking about spiritual Israel, his people that he has drawn from all the nations of the world. And like other prophets, Zechariah blends prophecies of the present, the near future, and the final days into this panorama that he gives us of God's great victory and God's establishing his kingdom here on the earth. The ultimate hope is found in the Messiah, that righteous branch, that good shepherd, the one who would come and purchase our redemption. And we know now by his own death on a Roman cross, we know who that Messiah was. Now we get into the book of Malachi. The message of Malachi is to remind the Jews, God's chosen nation, chosen for an earthly purpose. All of those who respond to God and seek God and love God and by faith enter to that relationship with him are the people of God. But God had called this people group to be used by him in an earthly covenant as an instrument of revelation and to bring the Messiah through that particular people group. And God used them so effectively. We followed that as we've read the Old Testament through the different times, the era of the Egyptians, the era of the Aramean dominance, the era of the Assyrian dominance, then the Babylonian dominance, and the Medo-Persians, and then Greece and Rome. All through the ages, God has used this people group to keep alive a witness for himself. Not that every Jewish person, every descendant of Abraham was faithful. They certainly were not, and that is brought out very clearly, including the priests, in fact. They offered defiled sacrifices. Remember, they were to offer sacrifices without blemish, without spot, not only because of offering their best to the Lord, and these were the means by which they supported the priests, the Levites, but also because this was a symbol of God's righteousness. Sin had a penalty, and that is death. Sin would have to be paid by one who had no sin. Each spotless, blemish-free sacrifice was pointing to the Messiah, who one day would be the perfect man of faith without blemish, without spot, without sin. And so it was important that they follow God's commands because there were messages in every aspect of the Jewish worship system. They had not done that. They were offering defiled sacrifices. They led other people into sin. They'd broken God's laws and called evil good and good evil. There's many of the things that are happening in our own culture today. But in the midst of this wickedness, as always, there's a faithful few, a remnant this faithful few still loving and honoring God in spite of all the pressure, in spite of all the difficulties. And God promises to shower his blessings upon these men and women. Very powerful message from the prophet Malachi. He gives us practical guidelines about our commitment to God. For example, God deserves the very best we have in our daily lives, in our work, in our relationships. We must be willing to change our wrong ways of living must be willing to make changes. We should make our family and our marriage a lifelong priority. Uh, we should be sensitive to God's refining process in our life. We should be willing to give generously to the poor, the oppressed, to help others in the name of the Lord, and to support the pastors and the ministers and the missionaries and those that God calls to give their full-time vocational effort to the kingdom of God. That's our privilege to support them as we give as unto the Lord himself. And there's no room for pride. Now, Malachi closes this message by pointing to the final judgment and he gets us ready for that judgment by sending the messiah and we'll be talking about him in our next the Bible program Live with soapy dollar soapy reads from the new living translation by tyndall haas publishers 
The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.